right hand puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Leopold just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women we've lost. Matthew Lazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Liebold, and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. Warrior. All right, guys, what's going on? Welcome. Hockey to hell and back. Episode number 45. Of course, guys, I'm Brady Liebold coming at you guys live from Muskoka, Ontario. If you're watching live, thanks for being here. If you're listening after the fact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those places, thank you so much. If you have time, rate and review. If you liked it, give me five stars. If you didn't, give me one. Just be honest. That's really all I care about. Looks like I might be a little bit laggy today. Hopefully that uh, that stops here shortly. But we got, a, we got a very important episode, guys. Um, it's going to be a tough one, I think, for, for myself to get through. But more importantly, maybe the Donaldsons. I'm so grateful that they're uh, here to share their story, share their son Ryan's story. You guys hear me talk about mental health all the time. You know, through puck support, I got my 
brand new puck support hoodie on. Finally, you guys asked, we delivered. CCM lace up puck support hoodies are available on our website. As always, we dedicate an episode in memory of one of those we've lost. And of course, tonight's episode is in the memory of Ryan Donaldson. We're going to hear all about him today. He's behind me up above. This picture you're seeing on the screen is up here. I'll tilt my camera a little bit so you can see it more. There you go. Um, he's also right here. He's featured twice on the wall because I talk about Ryan all the time. His, his story is so important. It's so tragic. And it's our hope that this conversation can help save one life or help one family. I think that's ultimately the goal. Uh, if you want to check out anything Puck Support, check it out, pucksupport.com. If you're one of my listeners, I'm going to give you guys a promo code. Never forget. It's going to get you guys 10% off. And, you know, we certainly appreciate the support. A lot of you guys know I'm planning a rollerblade across Canada next spring. Really excited. Uh, another shout out to Clay Williams. He's going to be the project manager. And without him, I don't even know where I'd be at this point. And same goes for my friend David Carlson, who's put me in contact with Per Mars from Mars Blades. They got a, a big shipment going out to my new friend Joe Baker at B Sharp. If you're in the Ottawa area, you need anything hockey, you need your skate sharpened, make sure you go check check out Joe at B Sharp Ottawa. He's uh, My skate should have arrived there today, um, and he's putting the new uh, chassis on and sending me all the wheels that Per sent me. So thanks, guys. Thanks, David, Joe, and Per Mars from Marsblade. Um, Joe also connected me with Cole from True Hockey. So I have a meeting with True Hockey coming up. Looks like they may want to sponsor me with some boots and all that. I had a meeting with Bauer yesterday. Lots on the go, but I want to get right into the episode. I got lots to talk about. We can save it for the end. My good friend, Landon Curry, is going to join me. I can see him watching right now. Uh, he's going to come on and, and talk about a little bit about what he's go got going on. He's a puck support warrior, but we got a giveaway going on. We're going to talk about that. Uh, so make sure you stay around for that and the, all the details. Uh, I'm going to do one sponsor and we'll get right in to the episode. Take it away, Regan Bartell. Hi there, it's Regan Bartell, the play-by-play -play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leovold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. Teamissued.ca, promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. Thank you, Regan Bartell, Jesse Paradise, everybody at Team Issued. We got the Kelowna Rocket connection going on tonight. That's for sure, guys. If you've seen the show, you know how this goes. I'm already getting choked up. Just thinking about it. We'll see you guys in a couple minutes here. I've spent countless hours over the past year uncovering stories throughout the entire hockey community of individuals who have lost their life to things like suicide and overdose. Most of the hockey community are familiar with the stories of the late Rick Rippin, Derek Bugard, and Wade Belak, who all tragically lost their lives in 2011. The tragedies did not stop there. We've lost several other NHL players to suicide and overdose, but we've lost even more individuals who never made it to the NHL. In many cases, their stories haven't been told on a national level. 
Hockey is such a beautiful game, but if I have uncovered one thing in the last year, it's that it has a dark side that nobody seems to want to talk about. Well, tonight that changes on Hockey to Hell and Back. Tonight may be the most important episode I've done to date. Tonight we tell the story of the late Ryan Donaldson. Ryan Donaldson was born December 10th, 1996 in Langley, British Columbia, and grew up playing roller hockey where he became an instant star representing the province and our nation of Canada on more than one occasion. He found that same success on the ice, lighting it up for the Langley Eagles, which led him to be drafted by one of my former teams, the Kelowna Rockets, in the 2011 WHL Bantam Draft. Ryan was selected in the fifth round, 102nd overall by the Kelowna Rockets. Ryan would make his WHL debut as an underage player during the 2011-2012 season. He would appear in only two games for the Rockets and later suited up for the Sick Moose Eagles and the Summerland Steam of the KIJHL where he sustained multiple concussions. And it was here that his parents, Doug and Donna, started to notice a difference. I'm going to let them tell Ryan's story because I'm super grateful that they're coming on the show tonight to share Ryan's legacy in hopes of helping just one person or one family so that they don't have to go through the same tragedy that they went through. On February 6, 2014, Ryan Donaldson was hospitalized for injuries that were self-sustained when he tried to take his own life. And eight days later, the Donaldson family had to make the very difficult decision to pull their son off life support. This is going to be a very difficult episode for me to get through, but probably a lot more difficult for Doug and Dana. Following the years of Ryan's passing, they hosted the Ryan Donaldson Memorial Tournament where they raised over $50,000 for mental health. Ryan's legacy will live on forever as he was an organ donor. He helped save and enrich the lives of multiple individuals that we're going to hear about tonight. I had not heard the story of Ryan Donaldson, and that's another reason why I really wanted to continue with Puck Support. His story was brought to my attention by Janet Hollick, the wife of former pro hockey player, now hockey coach, Mark Hollick. Their son, Cooper, was good friends with Ryan. And as hard as it was to hear the story of Ryan Donaldson, I'm so grateful that I did because it gave me a big kick in the butt, not only to make sure that I keep doing what I'm doing, but to honor all of those that we've lost. And that's what we continue to do here at Puck Support. Recently, I was able to send Doug and Donna both a mental health over hockey hoodie that featured an in memory of Ryan in the bottom. Seeing the pictures of those two wearing the hoodies next to his picture really made all of this real. Mental health is a serious issue in the hockey community and beyond. And the Donaldsons, along with myself and countless others, plan to change the world forever, using the stories like Ryan's and others to not only bring awareness, but to offer support and to bring change. Recently, Doug and Dana met up with another family who had recently lost their son. I know this because Doug and Dana and I have become fairly close over the past few months, and this is a friendship that I cherish and will cherish for the rest of my life. So without further ado, guys, please help me by giving a very warm welcome to Doug and Dana Donaldson. Good job. Hey, guys. Hey, bud. How are Hi. you? Thanks for doing this. And uh, wow. Um, yeah, I 
I don't, I honestly, I thought I knew where I was going to start with it. But as I told you guys, as we talked the other night, is there's really no, no planning something like this. First off, just let me say thank you so much for being here and, and having the strength and courage to, uh, to come on here. I know it's not easy. And, and also just thank you for your friendship and your support over these past few months. It's something that I really, really appreciate. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Thank you for uh, asking us to come on. I know you, I know you tried a few times and I kept saying, no, 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 I'm not ready for this, but I'm not, I'm not sure you ever are, but like you say, if we, if we can help one family or one person, then, then we've done, done what we need to do. <clears throat> Yeah, well, I, and I'm sure that you, I already know that you guys have. You guys have been doing a lot of work over the last few years. And, and recently, you've, everyone heard in the intro, been able to connect with another family. And so you guys are doing just that. And, and just, you know, from me to you guys, I appreciate that as well. And um, I know, unfortunately, that, you know, there's, these stories are likely to continue. Um, and those conversations are uh, will probably be in your future and, and hopefully we can just limit those um, even just a little bit you know um, I'd love to hear um, just tell people a little bit about Ryan and and you know his love for hockey and, and kind of what he was like growing up if you don't mind. Oh not a problem uh, there's many ways to describe me he's all boy um, it, it, he was happier in the garden digging we had a dog at the time and we would love to plant new plants and trees and him and the dog would go dig them up and move them. He was a going concern. There was no stopping him. And I'm not sure he's probably around three years old when he put his first set of skates on. I couldn't find it that picture, but there were his sister's plastic slide on pink ones. And that pretty much started it right there. That's the um, earliest one I have there, I believe so. No, that was that was that was I think his first time on ice. In all honesty, um, but he we lived in a neighborhood that it was all boys, and the boys were all four to five to six years older than him. But he loved playing hockey, and and it didn't take long for them to start going. We want Ryan on our team, and I think a lot of that was because they were getting tired of being whacked. <laughs> he, he was renowned for whacking in the shins or the back of the heels but that kind of started him and then he came home one day and just said look I'd like to try inline hockey and at that time he was only five we had to go to uh, the sportsplex and at that time Scott Hill ran the the inline program so well I got to see him skate first I want to make sure because we're not allowed to have anybody in by before six years old and I made two two loops at the rink and hey that's it he, he was done um, it wasn't long after that that they had a program called the Warriors and and really what it was the Warriors were age groups of of the top inline players and, and, and yeah, there you go. And at the at at its highlight, I believe there was close to 700 players in this league. And this is a small community uh, of Walnut Grove. We called it uh, not very many people. So it, we were approached by by one of who became Ryan's uh, best friend as a coach and, and, and mentor Ron LaRue and said, look, we're going to put this little group together called the Warriors. And we want, we would like to have Ryan part of it. That group was together for seven years, 
I, I want to say. Uh, we ended up winning the North American title uh, for our age group uh, in Florida. Uh, the, the boys were phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And, and many of them, many of them went on to become really, really good ice players. And, and you know, he, he, he loved that. And all of a sudden somebody said, let's play ice. Let's give it a shot. And away he went. And, and it just didn't stop. It just didn't stop. It, hockey was his life. He, everything he learned, his skating, his shooting, his puck handling, all of us, it was all self-taught because a typical Canadian boy. Now, never mind homework, Dad. I'm okay. I got to go practice my shots. And it would be hours and hours, right? I lasted as his goalie for about a grand total of two weeks and then realized the kid knew what he was doing and where he could shoot, and I wasn't doing it anymore. So um, as he progressed through Langley Minor, he, 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 was just, he was just a natural, just a natural. And, and as you say, in, in 2011, he was uh, drafted by the Rockets, uh, class, class organization. Uh, I don't know what the whole WHL is, and they, they well, while I can, while I'm here, it's, it, they've been nothing but phenomenal to us as a family. Not enough good said about them. But anyway, he went in, he, he stayed in Kelowna. Uh, we had to come home, go back to work, and I get a phone call at work one day, and he's sitting in the office with uh, Lauren Fry, Bruce Hamilton, and he's says, Dad, and I go, okay, Ryan, what'd you do, bud? <laughs> and he said, they want to sign me. I, I will be honest. It, it took, took me by surprise. I actually had to go outside and have a little bit of a cry, come back in, and then say, okay, I'm ready to rock and roll. How do we do this? And off he went. He, uh, he, he tried. He did, did his best. He, he played his first game. I believe he was 14 years old. And yeah. um, uh, played a few more from there. Um, didn't didn't quite just didn't quite make it there. Uh, went to Sycamus one year. He is too young. Um, came back here, but the concussions had started to roll in. He his year his draft year of 2011. He had had a couple of major ones, and it just seemed that there was a accumulation of them from 2011 to 2014, they were unbelievable. And some of them were nasty, nasty ones. He'd be out cold. And, and well, as we know, they, they, they have their they have their issues on, on people. There's no doubt looking back now that uh, he put so much stress on himself that I truly believe that he was fighting some demons back then now, but as we all know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. So, yeah. Well, I, I can just imagine. You know, you mentioned, <clears throat> excuse me, about just the concussions that obviously were evident to you guys, right? And you know, because he's knocked out or whatever. But how many? You know, the question always remains is how many more were sustained? Just the smaller ones that you know maybe he didn't mention. I, I you know, I can speak from my experience. There were several times that I got a concussion um, and I would play the next night and, and fight or get hit and, and, and get another little knock. Maybe I wasn't out cold, but certainly foggy. But that stress, that pressure of continuing to play, trying to, you know, progress, um, it's, it's kind of a, 
it's it's oftentimes dangerous in in my mind and uh you know i think hockey i mean if you look at the nhl down they're the only you know major sports league that hasn't really acknowledged the fact that concussions are you know a real issue um of course we all know they are um and until we see the nhl do that you're not going to see any other leagues do that because you can't piss off big brother right (laughs) no no you cannot yeah so i i just think that you know, yes, uh, maybe the league should do a little bit more, but I would like to see players um, and, you know, coaches uh, do a little bit better job, you know, uh, maybe for lack of a better word, policing themselves. Um, Players, you know, if you notice that something's not right, like, is it worth it to keep playing? um, Or is it, you know, the right thing to take time off? And, you know, you look at a guy like Sidney Crosby, he got heckled and heckled and heckled. Um, for taking all that time off, you know, calling him soft and this and that. But there's one guy that, you know, he did what was right for himself. And maybe he could because he was the best player in the world at that time. But not everybody has that luxury, right? Because you're always fighting to get better. And I just think it's, it can sometimes be a recipe for disaster. Um, so, you know, I want to kind of, if you don't mind, just get into like maybe just the lead up to that tragic day. Like, it, you know, looking back, I mean, I, I know that I went through a lot of similar things and, and people heard in the intro several times. I spent lots of time in the psych ward and I tried to take my own life. And, you know, I think my dad maybe picked up signs, but you, all, you never think that it's actually going to happen, right? And that, um, but looking back, like obviously you said hindsight 2020, but you know, were there, you know, maybe like, was there a big change, a shift in his, in his mood or, or the way he was acting or was it sort of just all of a sudden? When he, he, his, his last major concussion he had was when he was in, when he was in Summerland and uh, he hung out there for a little bit of time. He came, he came back, came back to Vancouver to, to try and recoup came came back with us but I mean he wa- he wanted to go back and play hockey he wanted to play hockey um he he'd come back we had gone to natural paths we'd gone to all sorts of physio we had gone to doctors we'd gone to ev- to everything but we had really noticed with him there was some serious mood swings serious like one minute he'd be laughing and joking and the next minute he'd be out the door or there would be this switch that just just wouldn't go on you could talk to him you'd be talking to him and joking with him and he would just go literally blank literally blank and you knew words were going in but nothing nothing was was sticking you'd have to literally poke him so he would come back in into reality he knew that his hockey was over and, and unfortunately it, it, we we always tried to explain to him that look hockey is a byproduct of you you are not hockey hockey is not who you are it doesn't define you or not define you but he was always one of those kids that was very fortunate growing up to be one of the better kids and be counted on and and make teams not always but he he'd be there so for him at a young age it was always i'm going to be the one i'm going to i want to carry the team and some of his coaches will tell you to a little too much extent but but it was what he wanted it's what he defined and and i think after the last concussion he met with some people and 
in Penticton were told, and they had basically said to him that one more concussion and you're taking a chance you're going to be a vegetable. So your hockey is over. That right there, and you, um, I can't understand it because I never played at the level you guys played or he played or any, to have that rug yanked from underneath you, I can't imagine what that what that did to him. Um, but there were, yeah, there were signs. He was he was up. He was down. He was here. He was there. Um, leading up to that day, Dana's probably had more interaction with him there. We had tried to talk to him and tried to get ideas from him. We uh, um, took him to a counselor twice, thinking just for someone to talk to. But, you know, it's like, I'm a guy, I don't want to go to a counselor, I'm okay. And so you sort of listen, you can't push them to go, but we felt he needed something. I even, um, the week prior, called the crisis hotline just because I was worried about him. And, you know, he was sleeping a lot, more nocturnal. Um, he was going to school at night to get caught up on classes, and his friends were in the daytime. So you're not really with your friends a lot. And then we just sort of noticed a few things. So I said, you know, let's get you into some counseling. Wasn't interested, you know, as I said, tried it twice. And then I called the crisis hotline just to get ideas from them. And he just said, he didn't want to go. And you can't really push them to go. But in hindsight, we wish we would have pushed somehow a little more. Well, I'll, you know? I'll, I'll interject for a second because, you know, I, I just hope that, you know, you, man, like it's, I just know what that feels like. You know, my parents did all the same things. And this is why I wake up every single day just feeling so lucky that you know, there was something gave like I, you know, but there's nothing that you could have really done at that point to put, even if you push somebody to go at that point, you know, whether or not that individual is going to open up and is a whole nother thing. Right. So I hope that right. you guys never lose sleep over that by any means. Um, um, Doug, back to what you were saying though, um, about having the rug pulled out from under you. I mean, this is what I've been seeing from countless people that I've talked to that I've played with or against, um, and, and talking to other families, um, that, you know, they've lost loved ones. It's, it's, it's unfortunate that it's kind of centered around that, that love of hockey and that camaraderie, that team, that, that purpose. And when it's gone, you know, there's, it feels like you have nothing left, you know, mm -hmm. it's always Brady, the hockey player. And then all of a sudden it felt, it sure felt for me that, you know, when I was no longer playing hockey, like I was no good to the world anymore. I was no good to anybody. Like there, I have no reason to be alive. And so I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what the answer is for bridging that gap whenever that time does come for somebody, whether it be, you know, after major junior, after junior A or junior B or the NHL, it doesn't really seem to matter of what level. It seems to me that everybody's going through that and some people deal with it better than others, but the majority really struggle with it. And what I'm seeing now with a lot of these young kids is that, they're being forced into semi-retirement because of COVID and like they don't have hockey and we're seeing these, you know, young individuals um, feeling extremely lost in a lot of parts of the world. Um, 
just because they don't have their hockey. And I just hope that, you know, people out there listening, um, you know, whether it's, whether it's Landon, who's uh, behind the scenes watching right now, he's a young, a young boy that plays hockey, um, parents, uh, just, to, just to know that these things can happen. Um, and I think that, I think that, you know, we are, I muted you guys for a sec. Don't worry if it says you're muted. I muted you guys on purpose just cause I'm getting some pick up there, but I'll unmute you when I'm done talking here in a sec. Um, I just, I really hope and I feel that, you know, um, the three of us, along with some other people, there is a solution out there. And I really feel that, you know, if we can all come together and keep talking about this and offering new solutions, offering ways of support that we can save lives. Well, we can do it. There's no doubt we can do it. The, the biggest thing for me to, to parents, and I mean, hey, we got in, we got caught up in the hockey parent world too, and it's so easy to do. You get so excited. You you watch your kids play hockey or you watch soccer or baseball or whatever it is. Always try to remember to teach them that it, it it's not where you go in the sport and it's not how good you become in the sport. It's the friendships, it's the memories, mm -hmm. it's it's all the other stuff that seems insignificant that is the most important part of the game. You play the game because you love the game. And sometimes uh, sometimes kids play a, play a game and all of a sudden it, it's no fun anymore. Uh, there's a lot of Ryan's friends that went on to be very good hockey players and junior A and junior B. And they just hit a wall and said, that's it. We've had enough. We've done, we've done it too much of it. But you have to, you have to keep the welfare of your child at, at the forefront the whole time. We now know so much more about the correlation between concussions and mental health and, and all the other things that, that, that go along with it that we did not know. Uh, I've always said that if I'd have known this would have been the, the ending with Ryan, I would have shut him down from hockey probably two years, three years before he did. Maybe a Sidney Crosby style. If anything, to me, Sidney Crosby has led the way how to deal with mental health and concussions. And he doesn't get enough credit for that yeah. he, because you can sit back and say, Hey, I'm fine. Coach put me in. It doesn't make you the smartest individual, but everybody seems to worry that if, that if I say, Hey coach, I'm not feeling it tonight. I'm not, I'm not feeling good. My mind isn't right. Or, or my head is sore or I've, I've got my bell rung. People fear that. And, and that's not right. I, I, child should be able to, or a kid or a hockey player, or anybody should be able to walk to their coach or to their managers and say, you know, something's not right. Something's really, really bothering me. And, and, and I don't know what it is, but can somebody help me? Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's the most important message we need to get out there so that we don't end up with more Ryans and we don't end up with more Rick Rippins and Bugards and all the rest of this stuff. To me, that's a huge waste of life, just a huge waste. But the bigger waste is if we do nothing about it with their losses. And that's what we 
we as a family have have strived to do. Everybody says the they credit us for the hockey tournament. Trust me, it was not, it was not us that put the came to to fruition with that. That was his sister Kirsty, and I will remember that night that she walked out of her room in the condo and said, "We're doing a hockey tournament," and I cannot explain to you the words exactly described as I said to her, but was basically out of your mind. I have no idea. And yet she led us along and she did what she did. And we the support of the community, of the players, uh, of the sponsors, as you are finding yourself, is phenomenal. It's unbelievable. So you have to continue that on. There's a young man out there that you're telling me that 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 is listening and and we wanted to give him a special shout out and that was Landon as well. Um, Dana, Dana's the Instagram junkie. I'm not, and, and they've been going back and forth and I really, really wanted to, to, to say hi to him and, and thank him. We were supposed to have got in touch with him back in March, but that was about the time that the other family was kind of in need and we forgot and we owe him a huge apology for that. But, well, luck because in a few, he's actually behind the scenes. I can't see him right now because he went on his phone. So I don't know if his camera's on, but we'll bring There he is right there. Well, Lando, you want to give me a thumbs up if you want to come in and say hi right now, and then we can bring don't it back in. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Lando. Hey, hi. there he is. How are you? Hi. Good. You? you? We're good. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. You got your puck support warrior shirt on. You got the matching hat, same as me. You look good, buddy. You look good. So awesome. I, I like the color. I, I like the color. That. So, so that you know, yeah, so that you know that was Ryan's favorite color yeah. was red. Love it. Yeah. It was red. And so it's so nice to see you and hear from you. And please accept our apologies. We 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 got tied up with something else and it just kind of pulled everything out of our minds. So are you good, Lando? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, Lando, they just wanted to say hi. Don't go anywhere, though, because we're going to talk about the giveaway at the end of the episode. Okay, pal? Oh, right. by the way, Lando was featured on Hockey Canada today on Ooh. Hockey Canada's Instagram. So everyone needs to go check that out at Lando Snipe 17. But check out that Hockey Canada page. But we'll talk about that later, too. Okay, Lando? All right. We'll see you in a few minutes, right. buddy. Yeah, thank you. Nice <laughs> to meet you, see you bud. Donald and family. <laughs> oh, he's such a cutie. He's such a great kid. Um, just, yeah. Amazing. Surprised. You guys didn't even know he was behind the scenes like that, did you? No. 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 That's, no. that's, that's too cool. <laughs> cool. That's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I want to, like, tell us a little bit more about, about the tournament. I know you guys aren't actively doing it anymore, but um, his sister, you mentioned, put it together, but it was a huge success. You guys raised money for the Canadian Mental Health Association. Is that where the money was directed? We, um, we did Canadian Mental Health. For about three years. Uh, three years. We did um, oh, uh, the Foundry, which is another. Yep, Rick Ripping. Yeah, out here. Um, Kirsten started when she started the tournament. She wants to do baseline testing for all the kids yep. to give you a baseline where you are prior to concussions, which then allowed you to go back to play once you reached a certain level. So that it was taken out of the hands for the kids, the parents, the coaches. So that's what she wanted to implement. 
And so that paid for some of that to go through. Some of it was actually um, given to us too, wasn't it? Yeah, we had, she, yeah, she had, she had a concussion protocol company come in and they did, they did uh, concussion tests on all of the guys. Um, wow. We had uh, first year. And girls. Yeah, girl, yeah, lots of girls too. <laughs> Some damn good hockey girls too. Yeah, there are. Uh, first year, I believe we had 12 teams. Uh, there was 125 or 130 players. Hundred, I, I don't know. It was crazy. Um, and it was kind of the... Uh, talent was all over the place. And then, then the next year we had introduced a trophy and uh, well, I guess, you know what happens when you bring a trophy in, it's like the Stanley cup chase. So it, it, every year the, the guys would start to sort of break apart. No, we're going to bring this guy in and this guy stack in. their teams a little bit. <laughs> you know, and it, oh, so, but on average we had at least 120 players every year. We had uh, Junior A, Junior B, NHL, NHL, AHL, WHL, uh, BCHL. Uh, it was amazing how many players we had. And then we we did a uh, a barbecue on the Saturday night and a silent auction and and the dancing with the kids. They had a fat. I think the barbecue was the highlight. Oh yeah, the barbecue yeah. was definitely the highlight. You, you know, I mean. It was insane. We had uh, we had a hall that I think we were legally allowed to put 110 people in or whatever it was. And first year was around 130, and second year was around 200. And, uh, we're just getting out of control. So we finally ended up getting a hall. And I think our last our last year we were allowed 400 people, and we were at our limit. We we had 400 people in there. Um, we had so much help, so much help from so many people, sponsors, family, friends. Um, we did a lot of silent auctions to raise more money as well. Yeah. Wonderful, great prizes. Um, the the boys themselves were the the boys themselves were the highlight. Uh, they were they were quite upset when it ended, but we had we had done a five year run and. Um, course covid would have taken us out anyway but uh the five year run they wanted to they wanted to do another year but it, it was unbelievable it it, pro it it was a very tough weekend it was a very emotional weekend but oh my god it was a party i am not i'm not telling i'm not kidding you it'd be funny because on the saturday they'd all come in going we're going to take the trophy we're going to take the trophy and buy Halfway through Saturday night in the party, most of them would be going, no, I don't want to play tomorrow. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's all our way to try and help, uh, try and, and and put it out there, get it out there. We, we, we need to deal with the mental health. We need to deal. We're in a real crisis in our country. We're in the world right now. We have mental health issues. We have suicide issues. We have overdose issues. We have... We have so many issues. Everybody says they want to help, but I don't know. Once, as much as as, and don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not putting Bell down or whatever. But Bell, let's talk. Day should be every day. That's right. I say it too. I haven't said it publicly, but I'll say it right now. I mention this all the time, and you know, I make posts about this. I, I you know, right now we're in Mental Health Awareness Week here in Canada. 
And, you know, I made a post about that, but I also put like, you know, like it's got to be 365 days a year because Mm -hmm. just because we do it for one week. And that's why I have this mustache. People that watch the show know that the reason I have this mustache is because I did it for November and November, right? You grow a mustache Mm -hmm. for, it's not, a lot of people think, I think just for prostate awareness, I think that's where it originated, but it's sort of morphed into this men's mental health. And so I rolled over in bed December 1st. Right first thing in the morning, I saw a post. I didn't create it. I saw a post and I still don't know where I saw it, but it was the first thing I saw in the morning. It was like, just because it's December 1st does not mean men's mental health issues go away. And I'm like, I guess I have this for the a year or for the rest of my life, a, a year at least. So I, you know, and, and you're right. It's great. Like, I think there's a, a there's some think great things out there like ideas, but we need to expand on them um, and really get to the, the root cause of, of what happened and how can we actually support these individuals if that they do want to come out and share about how they're feeling or how they're what's going on because talking about it's the first step but if you don't have that support system in place doing that might even be more dangerous than if you didn't tell somebody in the first place Mm -hmm. i see it very much so we we ran into uh, a young young fella um through the Kelowna junior b team and he had taken he had taken this on quite heavily himself. He had a friend that played. Um, I, I want to say it was Junior A in in Prince George, and he, his friend was having a real tough time mentally, and so he went to the coach and to the management and said, "Hey, look, he's having a rough time. We need to help him," and they helped him by cutting him. And that kind of stuff that you can't have that every parent that is out there that's listening, every kid that is out there that is listening, we need to have those. You need to have that communication open with it's, it's okay to go to your coach and say, something's not right. I've said this, something's not right. I need some help here, but he needs to also know that when he goes to that coach or that manager, minor hockey, uh, Junior. wherever it is you're not going to be judged for that the fact that he came to and it finally admitted to somebody that could be the turning point in that young man's life or young lady's life no matter what the sport is that somebody listened to them and somebody did something to them for them as opposed to somebody shutting them up and and, and letting them go off on their own it, we we have to we have to stop this I mean, we're we're not going to let uh, losing Ryan be a, a, just the fact of losing Ryan. I mean, he he became an organ donor simply because he asked for it. It wasn't that long prior that that I had gone with him to get his learner's license. He said, "I failed this. I'm never writing another test in my life." But he <laughs> aced it, and we're getting it. And the first words out of his mouth to the to the girl that was giving him his learners was, can I sign up as an organ donor? And she said, no, you can't, not right now, but when you get your N, your, your N, your, your license, yes, you can. So it was a no brainer for us when we were given the opportunity and able to, to make that gift to, I believe it was eight other families. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it, that's another thing that, that that we would love to see everybody. Everybody in this country should be an organ donor. Everybody. Yeah. We'd have no wait lists. We'd have 
none of this stuff. You easy got to say. Some of easy. Go Sorry. ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. It's easy to say and it's easy for us to, to put it out there, but really takes nothing to sign up and become an honor, organ donor, whether, whether, whatever part of you it is, whether your eyes, your, your heart, your lungs, your kidneys, whatever. It takes nothing. It takes a split second to sign it. And, and the, the good that you can do for other families is phenomenal. And you phenomenal. got you. That's amazing. And I, I will echo that. And I, I will also encourage everybody to be an organ donor. And I've always wanted to, I've signed up as well. And I remember seeing in my dad's wallet all the time when, you know, on his license as a kid. Um, and he would always tell me, cause he's a retired firefighter, um, all the stuff that he would see and, and, you know, different things. And so he used to tell me about that as a kid. So I've always, you know, wanted to do that as well, but you guys actually were able to meet, um, one family or some of the families that, is that true? Uh, no, we, we, we never really got to meet. Uh, we did receive a letter from, okay. from one, one family. Uh, I would say it's probably six to eight months it later. It was a good year later. A, a year later, yeah. and he was a young, he was a younger fellow by the sounds of it, who had two young children. And Brian's gift gave him the opportunity to to continue to watch his children grow. And he thanked us for that. Now we never did get around to it, and 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 at the time, I'll be very honest with you, it would have been really really tough for me to do yeah. um something that is actually on our bucket list now is if if we're able to we would we would like to i i, I would we would like to do that um but you know it, please everybody that is listening and has the opportunity take that time and do it it's it's not that difficult a thing to do yes wow i have uh yeah, I have so much admiration for you guys for for what you've done to to carry on and to you know keep Ryan's legacy alive. You know through the organ donation, even though it was his decision, but you know through the tournament and speaking about it and making yourselves available to this family recently. Um, you know, I I know Doug, it was hard on you because you told me, and I can't imagine. Um, but I'm sure that those those members of the family really appreciated it, and um, yeah, I, I just. It's sad to know that it's still going on and will continue to go on. And, and you know, I, I know you guys feel the same way, but I'm going to keep fighting for for mental health and even addiction because what I see usually, especially on the addiction side, you find somebody with an addiction, they're usually always mentally ill. Um, that's why they're in addiction is because they're trying to self-medicate. Um, not necessarily if you're mentally ill, going through mental health issues, are you an addict? But, you know, at some capacity, if it goes on for too long, you're trying to look for ways to self-medicate to feel better. So that's often how it ends. But I will never uh, stop until I take my last breath. Um, just trying to not only end the stigma, like we talked about, encourage people to come forward and make it okay for them to come forward and not be judged, like you said, but also find the, all the, the right ways to support these individuals. Because sometimes if one thing doesn't work, maybe something else will. And if even if those first couple times don't work, don't give up on yourself, don't give up on your loved ones, you know, keep, you know, just keep fighting and keep going after it seek that treatment know that it's okay know that you're not alone now more than ever there's more people out there like doug said um you know in crisis with mental health addiction overdosing all of it um with covid and 
it's uh you know i wish i always wish that i had such an easy solution for people to give them right like just do this and you'll be okay and unfortunately it's not that easy um but you know i just i just hope that you know people listening um certainly hockey parents um well you know i i really hope that people watching or listening um can understand the effects that things like concussions um or mood changes can you know can it can result in tragedy if not treated the right way. Um, and not to say that it wasn't treated the right way, but it's, it's just little things that, you know, when we're in this elite level of sport um, and this goes for maybe the players, even more than the parents, if you know, you're not okay because your head hurts or if something's going on, please, please, please reach out, say something because you know, it's not worth it, the long-term effects or, you know, the possible ramifications down the road. It's, um, you know, there's there's been way too many of them just in the hockey community alone. And um, I have a, a couple comments coming in. I mean, there's a lot, but one, one especially that I want to share with you guys. This is Michelle Miner, who recently lost – her son was uh, a former Barry Colt. Um, last month, uh, she lost her son to an overdose. Um, she's watching. She says, thank you so much for telling your story, Doug and Doug and Dana. Um, so hi, Michelle. Um, you know, just, uh, I've been able to connect with her and, and Daniel, her son's wife, Haley, um, over this last month, I know they're going through a really hard time. And, um, you know, I know that they have plans of also sharing Daniel's story. So maybe the, all of us can come together and, and, you know, continue to change the world. Um, I'm going to get to a couple more comments while we're doing this um where are we here oh michelle said hey earlier sorry michelle i just saw that now uh, <laughs> welcome doug and dana um oh nancy lazinski says yes welcome her son matthew lazinski former sue greyhound also passed away of an overdose in 2017 and he's really the reason this is his plaque here this is him here. He was the, the very first story that I heard that was really the idea behind Puck Support. So, Nancy, thank you for watching. Say hi to the family. Um, we have one, too, that says, I totally understand. I still have crazy mood swings, and my traumatic brain injury was back in 2004. Mm -hmm. That was going back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, Stuart Smith says, those are wise words. What we do does not define who we are. Going back to what you were talking about hockey, I think, mm -hmm. earlier, and how Stuart Smith's an Abbotsford firefighter. Um, Tammy says, good evening. Hannah Lands, uh, Rick Lands, his wife. I'm, um, this is uh, Janet's sister and uh, says talking about it is a huge help and will save lives. Uh, Matthew Meanser down. This guy, Matthew Meanser is all the way down in Argentina. He's, from, I believe he's from New York and get this. I talk about him all the time on the show. He is down in Argentina, growing the game of hockey. He actually makes wooden sticks for the locals out of this one tree that grows there. And he teaches hockey and they just, performed in their first uh inline inline world championships or whatever inline hockey so he's doing some incredible work down there maybe it starts to needs to start the might level educate parents and kids on the actual chances of making the big show bring them to earth from the very start and I, it's a it's a great point i think i think it's very important to dream but also to have a plan b because a lot of us didn't have a plan b and when that plan a doesn't work at least for me i was like well 
I guess that's it for me. I didn't even want to face my family, my friends. When, when hockey was over, it was embarrassing. I just wanted to stay in my room because I felt like a failure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so v- very lucky to have found coaching after my rug was pulled back to Matthew. He's down there in Argentina. He's found his purpose. Um, David Carlson says, absolutely agree, Doug. Um, Sandra, executive director of mental health and addiction for Puck Sports, says hello, Lando Snipes. Lando's back finally. His camera wasn't working there for a minute, but I can see him back there. Stuart, <laughs> once again, says Doug and Dana, thank you for sharing your story. You mentioned that if you helped just one other player or family, it would all have been worth it. I think you aim higher because your insight and your genuine message will help lots of people. Please keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Stuart's Stuart's become a good friend of mine too, and I met him through my dad. Uh, both fire, both in the firefighter community. Uh, Matthew once again says they need to know that they will not be punished for time off for issues. Mm-hmm. That's a really hard thing to promise. The hockey community needs to start this process up so someday it can be mm-hmm. true. I need to do this. <laughs> yeah, let's lighten those. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna have to check this out because I don't know what this is. The Logan Boulet effect. I'm not familiar, Stuart, so you'll have to send yeah. me some information. Are you familiar with it? Yeah. Logan Brule, his family is, is huge on the organ donors. Yeah, with the Humboldt um, Broncos, the that's crash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And they they absolutely you, you will see all sorts of ads and the I'm, rest of it. I think now it rings a bell, but unfortunately, like I obviously knew that that tragedy had struck and I think the whole world knew, but when that happened, I wasn't in a very good way. So I, and I think I may have been incarcerated, so I wasn't seeing social media. So that's why, um, Tammy says I'm an organ donor. She's down there in the States. Good job, Tammy. Um, Sandra, organ donation is so important and have, issues close to my heart. Thank you for encouraging others to make this life-saving gift. This is something we've never talked about on the show. And I think it's a very important point. Very, very important. Oh, last comment we'll get to before we finish up the show. Coming from my dad. Thanks for sharing. I'm here to talk as well. Maybe can meet up in the summer when the restrictions are lifted. My dad's in Porco Quitlam, so and he's a great guy. So that would be awesome. That would be be phenomenal. I'd love to. I'd love to. Yeah. And I, you know, I, we talked about the tournament. I think we'll wrap it up. I know you you guys just, Dana just got home from work and um, Doug was frolicking around trying to get ready for the podcast. We finally finally figured it out. He was a little nervous and uh, we, 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 he didn't even have to wait for you to come home. He got it all figured out on his own. You helped him. No, 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 no. Nope, I had nothing to do with it. Actually, I sent him the link and added him on Facebook, and voila, there we were. So, um, listen, I you guys had jerseys made up for um, the tournament, each a jersey different year, and I told you guys, um, and I can't wait to do this when I'm rollerblading through BC, or at least when I see you guys in hope. Hopefully, I'll have it before then. But I want to wear one of Ryan's jerseys, you know, for the for, for the you know at least coming through Langley or where, wherever we can make it happen from hope to Langley or however that works. Um, because I think that would be, you know, I would, I just, I would love to do that. And I mentioned it to you guys the other night and, and you guys thought that would be okay. So I really appreciate that. And I'm looking forward. Doug even said, what did you tell me, Doug? I'm going to jump on a bike and I'm going to ride with you from hope all the way in. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. I cut you off. That's okay. You notice I picked the flat spot. 
<laughs> I thought you were going to join me uh, just outside of uh, West Side there, coming up the hill on the Coquihalla or whatever. I'll come down the hill with you. I'll come down the hill with you. I, I'm not looking forward to that, but I'm uh, I'm very much looking forward to flying down the Coquihalla. Hopefully, I can uh, stay on my feet and I'm, you know, I'll have to, I'll have to give her one of these ones, you know. Going exactly. Well, exactly. then maybe what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to have an ATV and you can... Rollers, or you can ski down the back of it, right? Yeah, that, that that'll work. hilarious. I—that's that, just a joke, but that might actually have to happen. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll be. They're, no, they're not, not allowed to grab the bumper. Yeah, I'm not doing this to set a record. You know, my my project yeah. manager asked me. He's like, Brady. So, what's the deal with the rollerblade? Do you want to set a record? And I was like. No, like this isn't about me. I don't need to set a record. This isn't about a Guinness World Book or a Canadian record. This is about getting out there and talking about the real issues. And I really look forward to connecting with people along the way. And you guys are like at the very top of that list. And it will give me so much motivation to keep going, knowing that you guys are right in the home stretch. I'll tell you, uh, you know, just just keep pushing uh, every step of the way for Ryan, for Matthew Lezinski, for Mitch Fadden, for all of those that we've tragically mm -hmm lost premature and i just you know i just i'm so grateful for your guys's friendship and support i i just hope you, you know that and uh I'm so glad we found you we're so glad we found you Thanks we owe we owe this all to the holics of course yeah which we owe a huge debt of gratitude as well when it comes to ryan because when he was in summerland janet became his mom and they really took care of our little man we we can't we will never be able to thank them enough as as i've always said people always say well you know what you're doing is right and, and and all the rest of it and thank you for all of that but the strength that we get we get from those kind of comments from from our friends our family and we never i never will single people out because i always worry that i will miss somebody mm -hmm. that that, yeah. that i won't say the give everybody in there but i think probably one of the biggest biggest helps for for us were ryan's friends um they they kind of took us under wing and and to this day we still have lots of them that that they'll just pop in and, and see us and and it it really helped a long a long ways but but we really need, we really need, I keep saying it and saying it, we really need to open these channels of communication. We really need to make, to to let everybody know. I don't care if you're a four-year-old child or a 75-year-old grandfather. You need to know that if you're not feeling right and something isn't right, that by you coming out and saying, hey, I'm not, I'm not okay, it's okay not to be that way what can we do to help this and that's where we're going to end the stigma is when people accept it and and say that it's an issue mm -hmm. i have it uh lots of people i know so yeah and you know what if i'm still waiting um if anybody listening watching this can tell me one person that is in their life anywhere that doesn't know somebody whether it's immediate family, close friends, somebody you went to school with, work with, that has not suffered from mental illness or addiction, you're, it doesn't exist. I'm yet mm -hmm. to find 
one because it this affects everybody and the sooner or later that we all realize that this this is this is normal this is a normal part of everyday life now and it's not it's not great that it's normal but this is just the way that it is and so normalizing it ending the stigma and empowering people to reach out for the help that they need and also deserve i always make sure to say that because it's not just that you need it but you definitely deserve it uh and you're everyone out there you're worth it and there's you know there's there is always light at the end of the tunnel um i truly believe that but it does take work um and it the hardest part for me my experience was you know, telling people though that I wasn't okay or that I was having a hard time, even through my addiction, through it all, you always want to believe, especially as an elite athlete, that you know you don't need help. I could do this. I'm strong. I, you know, you know, I and it's, you know, it wasn't the case. It wasn't until I actually reached out for help that anything was ever going to change. So um, I think, you know, if there's anything else that I missed and I hope that I was okay for you guys and that, you know, I just appreciate you guys coming on. And if you ever want to come on again, and if you think of something that we missed, or if you do fire up another one of those tournaments down the road, you know, I'm coming to play in it. So if it, I don't want to put any pressure on it because I know you guys are at peace with it all, but if it ever does, we'll have to do a podcast from the tournament. Oh, we'll yeah. Oh, oh yeah. We'll work on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, by all means. I did sneak out into the garage because I wanted to uh, wanted to show you one of the jerseys that was wow. designed for the tournament. Yeah, I don't know. I'll step back a little bit. That is, uh, isn't it kind of, I mean, he played on the Warriors, but this is the Puck Support Warriors is, you know, our, our kind of thing here at Puck Support right. is the Warriors, right? That's what Langdon is. That's what we are. So that's amazing. You know, like, can I please wear that jersey when I'm rollerblading? You can. Yes, you can. Yeah. Kirsten did, did. I will give it back to you, but I want to wear that one while I'm rollerblading. You're going to get your own. No, this is but yours. But Kirsten did this one. It was just after we had the crash with the Humboldt. And so we've got... Right there, we we'll put that on the side to, whoops, right there. Wow. Right there on the side for the tournament that year, just to support them. Wow. There's and, of course, their lace-up, right? Everybody yeah. wanted lace-up. So. Well, that's the same thing with these hoodies. That's why I had to get these when everybody wanted a lace-up right. hoodie. So yeah. I agree yeah. on that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah, we got a jersey for you. There you go. That's incredible. And oh, wow. I, hold that up again. I didn't realize that his face, that there's a picture of him on there. Oh, there's oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's. Uh, wow. That's incredible. I've never seen a jersey like that before. This was uh, done by a fella in Toronto, actually. He. Uh, wow. They, they did the jerseys. He did them every year for us. And changed wow. them up every year. There was yeah. always something hidden. And then, of course, and then, of course, we all have the wristband and, and we've. In, they incorporated that on the jersey. So yeah, that we never we could never figure out how Kirsty was ever pulling all these things off all the time. <laughs> oh, and then they got Ryan up here too with the steam stuck in an R. Like he just had it was like a collage. It was well, really neat. That's the hat. See? Yeah. Very oh cool. That's that's amazing. I didn't realize that that's what that hat was, but now I can see the R and it all makes sense. That's uh it's amazing. I can't. I can't wait to give you guys both hugs and meet you in person. And yes. let me yeah. just tell, let me just tell you though that you know there was never any doubt in my mind that this rollerblade wasn't going to happen. That I won't finish it. But now knowing that you guys are like in the final home stretch, like it gives me gonna, like, yeah. a million times more motivation. 
you know, to get out there and to keep doing it, to, you know, finish it. And I know you guys are going to be waiting there, my family and just, it's, uh, it's, inc- it's going to be, it's going to be a grind, but it's, it's going to be all for a, a greater cause. And, um, I'll be thinking of Ryan every single stride of the way. And the other boys as well, right? Yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody yes. involved. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's okay. right. Every stride will be for all of those looking down at, uh, down at the hockey world. So I just want to say thank you guys so much. Um, I really appreciate this, but more importantly, I appreciate our friendship off of the podcast and just know that I'm here for you guys. If you're having a hard day, if you want to tell me a funny story, anything, um, I'm here all the time, anytime. And we're here for you too. Yep. Anytime, anytime. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. I love you guys. We'll talk soon. Thank See you. ya. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Wow. That was amazing. Thank you, Doug and Dana. Your strength, your courage, your friendship, it all means so much to me. I really hope that that was a hard one for me to get through because I didn't know where to go, where not to go, um, trying to lead the conversation. I'm a rookie here um, in the podcast industry. And, you know, just thank you so much for sharing, you know, your story, Ryan's story. His name will always live on because of the work that you guys do. And I will make sure that it lives on here on this podcast, in Puck Support, and everywhere throughout the hockey community. And, yeah, just thank you, guys. I I love you and I appreciate you. And um, Lando's holding up his hat right now. I'm going to bring him in here in a second. Um, Lando, you got the Instagram fired up, bud? Or, or are we doing Instagram tonight or we'll do that? I guess we'll do that next time too, right? Lando, what's up, buddy? Nothing much, you? Not too much. Hold that hat up again. You were just showing it again. We'll do it at the same time again. Ryan Donaldson in both our hats. I actually forgot that Ryan was in your hat. This was not a planned thing. And you see how it works out? I just put on – I wasn't wearing this hat today. And uh, I just kind of threw it on because it matched the hoodie. And as I was sitting here, I was like, oh, maybe I should have Ryan. I'm like, oh, wait, never mind. That hat does have Ryan in it. I was running around last minute because that's how I do things. And then me and you come on, and there you are in the same matching hat. Pretty cool. Um, Was not planned. So what's going on, Lando? You're on Hockey Canada today. How did that feel? Uh, That's obviously pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. If anybody hasn't seen the video, it's uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, he kind of recreated the video of um, who is that guy? You know the one I'm talking Swaggy about. P. What is it? Swaggy P. Yeah, that guy is so good. It's ridiculous. First I've off, I've been copying him quite a bit. Have you? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, you look good doing it. Who was the one throwing all the stuff off the truck? For so, first of all, if people haven't seen it. Um, Maybe I can pull it. Maybe I can pull it up on my computer. It was um, my friend who was actually just throwing it off. Off of what? Out of the back of the truck. Oh, I thought you were going to say your friend was driving the truck. No. I was like, how old are your friends, Lando? No, my dad was <laughs> driving the truck. Okay, okay. I was filming. And here I can show you. Awesome. I think, hold on. I think I'm going to be able to pull it up on my computer here. Um, I don't have the Hockey Canada one, but it's on your page. Let me see if I can. Uh, I want to. I should have had it queued up, but I'm not that. I'm not that good yet. 
Um, Lando, while I'm doing this, tell us a little bit about the giveaway we got going on on your page and how people can, uh, we got to, we were going to do it live tonight, right? But we we're going to do it Sunday. Uh, this Sunday. So, this Sunday, yeah. Um, so I'm going to give away any t-shirt of your choice, any hat of your choice and any hoodie of your choice. Okay. Awesome. Um, and how do they, uh. How do they uh, enter the contest, Lando? They like the post. They follow me. And then they follow you. Follow at Puck Support. And tag, what do they got to tag three friends in there too? Yes. In the comments. In the comments. So I will, uh, I'm going to tell you though that uh, it's gone extremely well. I tried to do a giveaway on my own and your giveaway has surpassed my giveaway by about uh, 300 people or something. I've got new followers. So great job, Lando. I'm going to give you one of these. And oh, can you see? Um, yeah. It's kind of slow. It's glitchy. Can you see that? Yeah, I can see it. Look at him go. Everyone, they're throwing stuff at him. Here, let me, I'm going to. So your friend was throwing stuff out the back of the truck and there we go. So that video right there was featured on uh, <laughs> the Hockey Canada page, which was pretty cool today, especially because the under-18 team was playing and they defeated Sweden. Did you watch the game? What? was Someone threw a ball at your head there. Yeah. <laughs> that was my friend. He tried to hit me. You know what I think that the biggest obstacle was is that road. Yes. Yes, it sucked. <laughs> I noticed that. I was the like, one, I was the one time I literally had like two or three more obstacles left, and the, it fell in a crack. That's how my Mars. That's how my rollerblades broke. Is that you? You know that rubbery stuff on the road that they fill cracks with? Have yeah. you? Ever, have you ran into that stuff yet? Uh not too bad. Well, man, I'll tell you what. I almost face planted. I'm lucky I didn't fall on my face. Do you, you got a helmet on in that video, right? Yeah. Yeah, I should probably have a helmet on too, and I will be when I'm doing my skate across Canada. Kids, wear your helmets. Um, Lando, do you have anything else to add to add today? Um, I was just gonna ask you a question. Sure, let's do it. Shoot. Um, when you were doing your uh, rollerblade across Canada, would it yeah. be all right if I joined you for on a little bit of Ontario? Come on now. Is that even a question? I hope you're there. Isn't that the plan? I figured that would just happen naturally. Um, I would absolutely love that. And I look forward to, and um, you know, I don't have the exact route down yet, um, but wherever it is in Ontario, I hope that, you know, you can come up if it's, you know, a little bit North of where you are, come up and spend the day or whatever. Uh, I would love that, man. It would be my privilege Pleasure and honor to have at Lando Snipe 17, Landon Curry there beside me for as much or as little as you want to go, buddy. You'll probably outskate me the way you're going. <laughs> I practice every day. I go at least 10 kilometers. Man, you were doing six. Now you're doing 10? Yeah, usually I go about 12. But today I only went about 10 because uh, my school went a lot longer than I thought it would. And... <laughs> And I went to my grandparents for, 
I for, I don't know how to pronounce it. Cinco de Mayo, I think it is. Oh, Cinco de Mayo. Okay, the 5th of May. That's right. Absolutely. And Today, then tomorrow I will also be going for my Aunt Lindsay's, well, my aunt's birthday. Hey, let me ask you a question now before I let you go. These power skate weights that you had on your rollerblades, what do you yeah. think? Do, do you like them? Yes, I do. Um, I mean, I haven't took them off yet. Uh, <laughs> so you're rollerblading 10 or 12K with these weights on your rollerblades? Yeah. If you really want to get um, make it hard, add the skate weights plus a parachute. Oh, and I got to get a parachute now. Luckily, I think there's one in the garage because Susan, my who, who I live with here, she's got a parachute. And I haven't told you this yet, but I think I'm uh, teaming up with uh, the power skate weights. I talked to the owner on the phone the other day, and the reason why I did is because I saw you wearing those skate weights. So um, he actually wants me to possibly become a distributor for him in Canada, believe it or not. So I needed to know what your honest opinion was on it before I told you that. Uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, getting mine. Um, thanks for making me look bad, Lando. Now I got to get skate weights and a parachute. There's, I love them a lot. <laughs> okay, buddy. Hey, well, listen, you keep up the great work and you already know if there's anything I can do to help you. I got your back 100% all the time, man. You're, you're, uh, you're such a great little puck support warrior. We're so proud of you and honored to have you on the team, man. Thank you. Okay, we'll see you Sunday night for the giveaway, right? All right. Okay, Sounds make good. sure you follow at LandoSnipe17 on Instagram. That's the only place you can enter to win your choice of a hat, a hoodie, or a T-shirt. All three, whatever ones you want from our website, uh, courtesy of Lando Snipes and Puck Support. Great job, Lando. We'll see you on Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, just trying to show my Good job, bud. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, talk soon. Bye. Ah, oh, he's such a great kid. Thanks, Lando. Um, I'm going to wrap it up here. Um, thank you to everybody for watching, listening, wherever you're getting your podcast. If you're watching on Facebook, if you don't mind scooting over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Uh, I think it's the Mental Health Hockey Podcast Network. Ideally, we'd like to just be in one spot, um, but I'll keep pumping it out on Facebook because that's where we're getting most of our views. We're averaging over a thousand um, per episode just on Facebook alone, which is pretty cool. And uh, still in the top 25 as far as audio goes, last time I looked, it'd be really nice to be able to combine all the numbers together because I think my podcast would be ranked even higher. And that's not because of anything that I'm doing. This is because of you guys that watch and my guests that come on. So to everybody that's you know been a guest, to anybody that's watched or listened to the show, thank you so much. It saved my life. It really has saved my life and I owe you guys so much. Um, Seriously, there's you guys know who you are, who have been supporters from day one, um, and the new ones we've picked up along the way. It continues to grow, and I'm just so grateful, guys. Um, check out pucksupport.com at pucksupport on social media. If you are going to buy something, use promo code Never Forget. It's going to get you guys 10% off. If you want to support me directly, and this will help me, you know, with the podcast, with my training, uh, all of that. I, I don't even like bringing this up. Um, but patreon.com slash Brady Liebold. 
I promise that I'll continue to make it, you know, worth your while. There's sort of like a monthly pledge. Um, and I think I have a, a few on there now. Thank you. I, again, I don't want to single names out like Doug said, because I don't want to forget anybody. But my most recent pledge, Stuart Smith, thank you, man. Seriously, I appreciate it. David, I know you're on there too. Look at me go singling people out and forgetting people. I'm the worst. Um, I say I'm not going to do something and then I do it. Anyways, uh, I think that's it for today. Um, I did want to make a comment on the Tom Wilson incident. Maybe I'll just leave it. All I know is that I didn't see what happened, but my good friend Matt Thompson sent me a picture. I saw five or six Washington Capitals in the box, which makes me believe that the New York Rangers did what they needed to do to send a message. But Tom Wilson, something needs to happen with him. There's no room for that crap in hockey. We see concussions enough. We see injuries enough. You know, there's really no room for that in today's NHL or any sort of hockey. So that's what I'm going to say about that. Let me see if I, I don't have the picture here, but we have a big episode coming Sunday. Um, thank you to Nicole, Nicole Graham, who just subscribed on YouTube. Give you a shout out. Um, Rod Peterson from the Rod Peterson Show. He also is the host of the Recovery Hour. He's the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, also the voice of the Regina Pats. Another guy in the sports world who's in recovery, who's advocating for mental health and addiction. I think he's four years sober, I want to say. Sorry, Rod, if you're more, we're going to hear all about it. And if you have time, check out his show, The Rod Peterson Show. Every day, I watch it almost every day. It's uh, arguably the, one of the best sports shows in Canada, so check it out. He's a Hall of Fame broadcaster out there in Saskatchewan. And The Recovery Hour, you want to listen to some people talk recovery, um, give you some glimmers of hope, check The Recovery Hour out. I was very lucky to be on that show as well. Anyways, guys, that's it. Thank you to Doug and Dana Donaldson once again. Hopefully we'll see you guys here Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern with Rod Peterson. Don't forget to go to Instagram, check out atlandosnipe 17 for your chance to win puck support swag and feel free to share puck support with everybody in the hockey community because I can't pay for advertising, so I rely on you guys. That's kind of a joke, but it's not. You guys are all doing such a fantastic job. Thank you so much. We will see you Sunday night. Stay kind. Always be grateful and remember, have a great day if you so choose. Hockey to Hell and Back is brought to you by Pride Tape. Pride Tape is a badge of support from teammates, coaches, parents, and pros to young LGBTQ players. It shows every player that they belong playing the sport they love and that we're all on the same team. Show your support for teammates, coaches, and fans in the LGBTQ community by wrapping your stick with Pride Tape. Every roll of tape will make an impact in sports and beyond. Inclusion starts with leadership. Check out some of the ideas of how you can get involved at youcanplayproject.org. Check out Pride Tape at pridetape.com. For more information, you can send an email to aubrey at pridetape.com. That's A-U-B-R-E-E, aubrey at pridetape.com. You can find Pride Tape on facebook.com slash pridetape, on Twitter at pridetape, and at pridetape on Instagram. Pride Tape thanks all of you for being champions for change. Pocket of Hell and Back is brought to you by Performance Wellness. 
The collaboration between First Star Therapy and MindFrame brings a flexible, holistic program to athletes. The goal is to empower and enhance every athlete's well-being on and off the field of play through focus on intentful movement and mindful practices. You can contact them at consult at firststartherapy.com and team at mindframe.info. Plus, you can check them out on the web at firststartherapy.com and follow First Star on Instagram at firststar.therapy and at mindframe on Twitter plus mindframefit on Instagram. 